everything we missed. This is the Soapbox for the week of October 24th, 2021. I was torn this week. On one hand, so many of you depend on Rad Radio to stay informed, and that responsibility falls on me. I'm the news watcher of the show, and it's my job to keep up with all that's going on, decide what matters to most, and then translate it into something interesting and relatable. Sadly, one of the other roles of the show is to also sift through the misreporting of both the mainstream and conservative media and bring you the actual truth of any given story. And there's been a ton of news over the last 10 days that needed such attention. On the other hand, it's also the show's role to offer an escape through humor, silliness, and real-life day-to-day topics that don't show up in or on the news, but rather come up on a regular basis in the homes of our listeners. I've always said that we talk about what you're already interested in, or the things that will interest you once you know about them. Whether such things are positive or negative is not relevant. If it's something that can, does, is, or will be of impact on your life, either in a good or bad way, we need to discuss it. The most obvious things I choose to touch on are the unavoidable, whether it be for salacious or obvious reasons. Alec Baldwin killing a director on the set of his new movie is a great example. Everyone woke up Friday morning to that news, and all of the unknowns made it an unavoidable story. On the other end of the spectrum was the bomb cyclone that is bearing down on the western part of America, and the potential to bring feet of rain and snow along with flooding, landslides, and endless road closures. Lots of people would either not hear about that or not take it seriously unless we mentioned it. And we had an obligation to do so just so everyone could either prepare or ignore it. At the end of every week, I have piles of stories that I had prepared to discuss and we simply never got to. In most cases, they're timeless things that I can save for later. Things like the best store-bought cookie brands and the most memorable advertising jingles of all time. And so I just slide them into my Stuff for Slow Days folder and move along. This week and weekend were different. There's so much going on that people are talking about, need to be aware of or updated on, have vetted or simply have in the back of their minds that we didn't get to. So I decided to call an audible and use this week's soapbox to at least get on the record a multitude of stories with some minor commentary that you may have missed, wondered about, or needed some perspective on. So here goes. Let's start with gas prices. Yep, they're still soaring and there's no end in sight. And yes, it's true. In a remote part of Southern California known as Gorda, they're currently paying over $7.50 a gallon for regular unleaded gas. And this week, President Grandpa himself admitted he sees no relief well into 2022. A very reassuring message from the one man who could influence the market and immediately lower prices by allowing America to reclaim its place as the world's number one producer of oil as we were just a year ago. Look, President Orange made a lot of mistakes. But Grandpa seems to only make mistakes, and America's inflation and out-of-control fuel costs are squarely on him. Speaking of that, experts now say that America's supply chain crisis is the worst since World War II. You know, when submarines were literally sinking commercial traders. The shortage of supplies has already led to toys increasing in price by as much as 400%. While food, if you can find what you're looking for, hello, why are we out of breadcrumbs suddenly? Why are the breadcrumbs missing from the store aisles? Food continues to soar in price daily. And again, just like the fuel costs, no end in sight. Over the next many months, expect it to become harder and harder to find the following. Carbonated beverages due to a CO2 shortage. 
Chicken, due to demand outpacing supply. Coffee, due to Brazil's drought and internal strife, as Brazil is the world's largest coffee supplier. Ooh, fish sticks, due to shipping delays and container shortages. All frozen meals, in fact, will become harder and harder to find due to a bunch of moronic Americans panic buying when the dreaded Delta variant hit. And now, supplies can't keep up. Spices and seasonings, those things are going to be harder and harder to find due to shortages. Rice crispy treats, of all things, thanks to a strike at Kellogg's and various shortages. And even Sour Patch Kids, due to a strain in the supply chain. And, uh, of course, toilet paper. Because apparently... The one thing Americans draw the line at is having a dirty butt. Meanwhile, pretty much everything you need to maintain your hygiene and beauty is soaring in price thanks to all of the usual explanations having to do with labor shortages, supply chain issues, and raw material costs. Diapers, tampons, razors, lotions, and all things related to dental and oral hygiene, as well as deodorants and beauty products, will all be increasing exponentially. All right, how about some more good news? Guess what? COVID is still a thing. And the CDC is now recommending boosters for anyone who is high risk if they got the Pfizer or Moderna vaccine and that all of us who got the ghetto-ass third-best-choice Johnson & Johnson shot get another one. Now, the key point here is it's merely a recommendation. And for now, anyway, people who received two doses of Pfizer or Moderna or one dose of J&J are still considered fully immunized. In other words, if you care only about venues and getting into places and going places or workplaces that require proof of being vaccinated, these boosters are completely optional. We did mention last week that a new sub-variant of Delta is spreading like wildfire across the United Kingdom, and that for the past 20 months, everything that happens in the UK happens in America one month later. So this is glorious news for those who want to live in perpetual fear of COVID as opposed to those of us who are living with COVID. And then, just to make the story a little better, this weekend, Israel announced that the Delta Plus is now making cases skyrocket there as well, continuing the historical model. It starts in Europe, most notably the UK, and then it moves to Israel. And once it hits Israel, we know we're about three to three and a half weeks away from the same crap happening here. So we're almost guaranteed that by Thanksgiving, America will once again be freaking out about what will be, I believe, the fifth wave, despite the fact that the rate of hospitalizations and deaths is infinitesimal compared to the pandemic highs, and despite the fact that it's only affecting those who have chosen to not be vaccinated. We'll get tons of COVID fear-mongering in addition to cries of the flu being here, as we all continue to forget that getting sick is part of life. And as too many people continue to forget that actually living, not just breathing, is also supposed to be part of life. One quick note for our California listeners. We talked about this last week, and there's been some worry about the statewide vaccination mandate for all children in both public and private schools. There's been some confusion over the fact that in California, if you want to homeschool your kid, you have to register as a private school. And therefore, many are concerned that the mandate will apply even to those who are homeschooled. Thanks to finally finding an ally in the Homeschool Association of California, I can report that as of right now, pupils enrolled in home-based private schools and students enrolled in independent study programs who are not receiving classroom-based instruction are not subject to the mandatory vaccinations. Things change. 
And in California, laws can change at the whim of the supermajority of the Democratic Party, but for now, homeschoolers are exempt. Whew, all right, just a couple more and we're all caught up. The Gabby Bryan tale is far from over, but a major chapter has been closed. Now, as a reminder, 22-year-old Gabby Petito turned up dead near a Wyoming campsite on September 19th. That would be two days after my birthday for those that want to make a note for next year. She and her fiancé, Brian Laundrie, both from New York, were traveling on a cross-country trip in Gabby's van over the summer before Gabby was reported missing, and then Brian drew national attention when he returned to his parents' home in Florida on September 1st in Gabby's van without her and said nothing about it, publicly anyways, before he himself vanished less than two weeks later. And ever since, authorities have been looking for him, and the FBI on Thursday confirmed that remains recovered from the environmental park near his home where Brian used to go on walks were, in fact, fugitive Brian Laundries. Now, many questions linger, most notably Brian's parents' role in all of this, and, of course, exactly what happened to Gabby and why. We'll find out some of that, I don't know if we'll find out all of it, over the next many weeks. As an aside, one comical subplot to this stars John Walsh, formerly of America's Most Wanted. He has spent the last many weeks going on any TV show that would have him to tell the world that the FBI and the cops had screwed this up entirely, and there was absolutely no way that Brian was in that environmental park near his house. He used the term red herring more than his favorite nickname for Brian's parents. Ready for this? The very creative Dirty Laundries. Yes, he would call Brian Laundry's parents the Dirty Laundries. Thought it was so clever. But he was sure. No way. No way is Brian in that park. Red herring. Good stuff, John. And finally, you likely heard at least something about the woman who was harassed for 40 minutes and then raped for nearly 10 on a Philadelphia train while onlookers did nothing other than use their phones to record the entire ordeal. The story here is not that no one did anything. The bystander effect, Google it if you're interested, has been around for decades, and in many cases has some validity to it. People love to claim that they would do something if they were in that position, which is what we call absent courage. It's very easy to claim that you would do the right thing when you've never been confronted with the opportunity. Additionally, there are plenty of reasons to not intervene in certain circumstances, most notably self-preservation. A friend of mine actually opened my eyes to this over a decade ago. He was a former Navy SEAL who had seen and done plenty and educated me as to why, no, he wouldn't put himself in harm's way for strangers any longer. Very simple. He was a father, and he wouldn't be a very good one if he was dead. The truth is, there's a lot of reasons people don't stop things as heinous as rape happening right before their eyes. And in America, there is no law that says that you have to. However... This is a new low on multiple fronts. For starters, at least a dozen people, and probably a lot more given the duration of this horror, didn't even call the people who are paid to help strangers. Not one single person called 911 while clearly witnessing a woman in strife, terror, and danger. Not one. No one could even bring themselves to get off the train at one of the many stops it made during this atrocity, and, once reaching the platform, call 911 then, or approach a member of the Transportation Authority's police department who are all wandering around everywhere. More horrifying are those who recorded the rape, and clearly did so for their sick entertainment. Because give me a break. 
Had they been doing so to capture evidence for the police, they would have stayed on the train when the cops arrived and arrested the sicko as he was still raping her. It's been more than a week. Not one of them has come forward or been found. Probably because they're too busy going up to their equally sick friends with their phones while saying, Dude, check this out! It isn't news to those of us with eyes, a brain, and a soul that we're de-evolving as a society. What's occasional news is the rate at which it's happening. Imagine if that woman was your wife, your daughter, or your mother, and how you would feel knowing that dozens of strangers couldn't even literally lift a finger to press three numbered buttons to make sure that help was at least on the way for her. If that doesn't sicken you, you're one of them. And congrats on that. 